The eleventh lesson of a series of lessons in Raja Yoga. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Arabella Grayson. A series of lessons in Raja Yoga by Yogi Ramasharaka. The eleventh lesson. Part two. The greater the degree of faith or confident expectation that one carries with him in this task of character-building, the greater will be his success, and this because of well-established psychological laws. Faith or confident expectation clears away the mental path and renders the work easier, while doubt or lack of faith retards the work and acts as obstacles and stumbling-blocks. Strong desire and faith or confident expectation are the first two steps. The third is willpower. By willpower, we do not mean that strenuous clenching of the fist and frowning brow thing that many think of when they say will. Will is not manifested in this way. The true will is called into play by one realizing the I part of himself and speaking the word of command from that center of power and strength. It is the voice of the I, and it is needed in this work of character building. So now you are ready for work, being possessed of 1. Strong desire, 2. Faith or confident expectation, and 3. Willpower. With such a triple weapon nothing but success is possible. Then comes the actual work. The first thing to do is to lay the track for a new character habit. Habit, you may ask in surprise. Yes, habit, for that word gives the secret of the whole thing. Our characters are made up of inherited or acquired habits. Think over this a little and you will see the truth of it. You do certain things without a thought because you have gotten into the habit of doing them. You act in certain ways because you have established the habit. You are in the habit of being truthful, honest, virtuous because you have established the habit of being so. Do you doubt this? Then look around. Or look within your own heart and you will see that you have lost some of your old habits of action and acquired new ones. The building up of character is the building up of habits and the changing of character is the changing of habits. It will be well for you to settle this fact in your own mind for it will give you the secret of many things connected with the subject. And remember this, that habit is almost entirely a matter of the subconscious mentality. It is true that habits originate in the conscious mind, but as they are established, they sink down into the depths of the subconscious mentality and thereafter become second nature, which, by the way, is often more powerful than the original nature of the person. The Duke of Wellington said that habit was as strong as ten natures, and he proceeded to drill habits into his army until they found it natural to act in accordance with the habits pounded into them during the drills. Darwin relates an interesting instance of the force of habit over reason. He found that his habit of starting back at the sudden approach of danger was so firmly established that no willpower could enable him to keep his face pressed up against the cage of the cobra in the zoological gardens when the snake struck at him, although he knew the glass was so thick that there could be no danger, and although he exerted the full force of his will. But we venture to say that one could overcome even this strongly ingrained habit by gradually training the subconscious mentality and establishing a new habit of thought and action. It is not only during the actual process of willing the new habit that the work of making the new mental path goes on. 
in fact the yogis believe that the principal part of the work goes on subconsciously between the intervals of commend and that the real process is made in that way just as the real work of solving the problem is performed subconsciously as related in our last lesson as an example we may recall your attention to some instances of the cultivation of physical habits a physical task learned in the evening is much easier to perform the following morning than it was the night before and still easier the following monday morning than it was on the saturday afternoon previous the germans have a saying that we learn to skate in summer and swim in winter meaning that the impression passed on to the subconscious mentality deepens and broadens during the interval of rest the best plan is to make frequent sharp impressions and then to allow reasonable periods of rest in order to give the subconscious mentality the opportunity to do its work by sharp impressions we mean impressions given under strong attention as we have mentioned in some of the earlier lessons of this series a writer has well said so an act reap a habit so a habit reap a character so a character reap a destiny thus recognizing habit as a source of character we recognize this truth in our training of children forming good habits of character by constant repetition by watchfulness etc habit acts as a motive when established so that while we think we are acting without motive we may be acting under the strong motive power of some well-established habit herbert spencer has well said the habitually honest man does what is right not consciously because he ought but with simple satisfaction and is ill at ease till it is done some may object that this idea of habit as a basis of character may do away with the idea of a developed moral conscientiousness as for instance josiah royce who says the establishment of organized habit is never in itself enough to ensure the growth of an enlightened moral conscientiousness but to such we would say that one must want to cultivate a high character before he will create the habits usual to the same and the want to is a sign of the moral conscientiousness rather than the habit and the same is true of the ought to side of the subject the ought to arises in the conscious mind in the beginning and inspires the cultivation of the habit although the latter after a while becomes automatic a matter of the subconscious mentality without any ought to attachment it then becomes a matter of like to thus we see that the molding modifying changing and building of character is largely a matter of the establishing of habits and what is the best way to establish habits becomes our next question the answer of the yogi is establish a mental image and then build your habit around it and in that sentence he has condensed a whole system everything we see having a form is built around a mental image either the mental image of some man some animal or of the absolute this is the rule of the universe and in the matter of character building we but follow a well-established rule when we wish to build a house we first think of house in a general way then we begin to think of what kind of a house then we go into details then we consult an architect and he makes us a plan which plan is his mental image suggested by our mental image then the plan once decided upon we consult the builder and at last the house stands completed an objectified mental image and so it is with every created thing all manifestation of a mental image 
and so when we wish to establish a trait of character we must form a clear distinct mental image of what we wish to be this is an important step make your picture clear and distinct and fasten it in your mind then begin to build around it let your thoughts dwell upon the mental picture let your imagination see yourself as possessed of the desired trait and acting it out act it out in your imagination over and over again as often as possible persevering and continuously seeing yourself manifesting the trait under a variety of circumstances and conditions as you continue to do this you will find that you will gradually begin to express the thought in action to objectify the subjective mental image it will become natural for you to act more and more in accordance with your mental image until at last the new habit will become firmly fixed in your mind and will become your natural mode of action and expression this is no vague visionary theory it is a well-known and proven psychological fact and thousands have worked marvelous changes in their character by its means not only may one elevate his moral character in this way but he may mold his workaday self to better conform to the needs of his environment and occupation if one lacks perseverance he must attain it if one is filled with fear he may supplant it with fearlessness if one lacks self-confidence he may gain it in fact there is no trait that may not be developed in this way people have literally made themselves over by following this method of character building the great trouble with the race has been that persons have not realized that they could do these things they have thought that they were doomed to remain just the creatures that they found themselves to be they did not realize that the work of creation was not ended and that they had within themselves a creative power adapted to the needs of their case when man first realizes his truth and proves it by practice he becomes another being he finds himself superior to environment and training he finds that he may ride over these things he makes his own environment and he trains himself in some of the larger schools in england and the united states certain scholars who have developed and manifested the ability to control themselves and their actions are placed on the role of a grade called the self-governed grade those in this grade act as if they had memorized the following words of herbert spencer in the supremacy of self-control consists one of the perfections of the ideal man not to be impulsive not to be spurred hither and thither by each desire but to be self-restrained self-balanced governed by the just decision of the feelings in council assembled that it is which moral education strives to produce and this is the desire of the writer of this lesson to place each student in the self-governed class we cannot attempt in this short space of a single lesson to map out a course of instruction in character building adapted to the special needs of each individual but we think that what we have said on the subject should be sufficient to point out the method for each student to map out a course for himself following the general rules given above as a help to the student however we will give a brief course of instruction for the cultivation of one desirable trait of character the general plan of this course may be adapted to fit the requirements of any other case if intelligence is used by the student the case we have selected is that of a student who has been suffering from a lack of moral courage a lack of self-confidence an inability to maintain my poise in the presence of other people an inability to say no a feeling of inferiority to those with whom i come in contact 
The brief outline of the course of practice given in this case is herewith given. Preliminary Thought You should fix firmly in your mind the fact that you are the equal of any and every man. You come from the same source. You are an expression of the same one life. In the eyes of the Absolute, you are the equal of any man, even the highest in the land. Truth is, things as God sees them, and in truth you and the man are equal, and at the last, one. All feelings of inferiority are illusions, errors, and lies, and have no existence in truth. When in the company of others, remember this fact and realize that the life principle in you is talking to the life principle in them. Let the life principle flow through you and endeavor to forget your personal self. At the same time, endeavor to see that same life principle behind and beyond the personality of the person in whose presence you are. He is by a personality hiding the life principle, just as you are. Nothing more, nothing less. You are both one in truth. Let the consciousness of the I beam forth, and you will experience an uplift and sense of courage, and the other will likewise feel it. You have within you the source of courage, moral and physical, and you have not to fear. Fearlessness is your divine heritage. Avail yourself of it. You have self-conscience, and for the self is the I within you, not the petty personality, and you must have confidence in that I. Retreat within yourself until you feel the presence of the I, and then will you have a self-confidence that nothing can shake or disturb. Once having attained the permanent consciousness of the I, you will have poise. Once having realized that you are a center of power, you will have no difficulty in saying no when it is right to do so. Once having realized your true nature, your real self, you will lose all sense of inferiority, and you will know that you are a manifestation of the one life and have behind you the strength, power, and grandeur of the cosmos. Begin by realizing yourself, and then proceed with the following methods of training the mind. Word Images It is difficult for the mind to build itself around an idea, unless that idea be expressed in words. A word is the center of an idea, just as the idea is the center of the mental image, and the mental image the center of the growing mental habit. Therefore, the yogis always lay great stress upon the use of words in this way. In the particular case before us, we should suggest the holding before you of a few words crystallizing the main thought. We suggest the words, I am, courage, confidence, poise, firmness, equality. Commit these words to memory and then endeavor to fix in your mind a clear conception of the meaning of each word so that each may stand for a live idea when you say it. Beware of parrot-like or phonographic repetition. Let each word's meaning stand out clearly before you so that when you repeat it, you may feel its meaning. Repeat the words over frequently when opportunity presents itself and you will soon begin to notice that they act as a strong mental tonic upon you, producing a bracing, energizing effect. And each time you repeat the words understandingly, you have done something to clear away the mental path over which you wish to travel. Practice When you are at leisure and are able to indulge in daydreams without injury to your affairs of life, 
call your imagination into play and endeavor to picture yourself as being possessed of the qualities indicated by the words named picture yourself under the most trying circumstances making use of the desired qualities and manifesting them fully endeavor to picture yourself as acting out your part well and exhibiting the desired qualities do not be ashamed to indulge in these daydreams for they are the prophecies of the things to follow and you are but rehearsing your part before the day of the performance practice makes perfect and if you accustom yourself to acting in a certain way in imagination you will find it much easier to play your part when the real performance occurs this may seem childish to many of you but if you have an actor among your acquaintances consult him about it and you will find that he will heartily recommend it he will tell you what practice does for one in this direction and how repeated practice and rehearsals may fix a character so firmly in a man's mind that he may find it difficult to divest himself of it after a time choose well the part you wish to play the character you wish to be yours and then after fixing it well in your mind practice 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 keep your ideal constantly before you and endeavor to grow into it and you will succeed if you exercise patience and perseverance but more than this do not confine your practice to mere private rehearsals. you need some dress rehearsals as well rehearsals in public therefore after you get well started in your work manage to exercise your growing character habits in your everyday life pick out the little cases first and try it on them you will find that you will be able to overcome conditions that formerly bothered you much you will become conscious of a growing strength and power coming from within and you will recognize that you are indeed a changed person let your thought express itself in action whenever you get a good chance but do not try to force chances just to try your strength do not for instance try to force people to ask for favors that you may say no you will find plenty of genuine tests without forcing any accustom yourself to looking people in the eye and feeling the power that is back of you and within you you will soon be able to see through their personality and realize that it is just one portion of this little life gazing at another portion and that therefore there is nothing to be afraid of a realization of your real self will enable you to maintain your poise under trying circumstances if you will but throw aside your false idea about your personality forget yourself your little personal self for a while and fix your mind on the universal self of which you are a part all these things that have worried you are but incidents of the personal life and are seen to be illusions when viewed from the standpoint of the universal life carry the universal life with you as much as possible into your everyday life it belongs there as much as anywhere and will prove to be a tower of strength and refuge to you in the perplexing situations of your busy life remember always that the ego is master of the mental states and habits and that the will is the direct instrument of the ego and is always ready for its use let your soul be filled with a strong desire to cultivate those mental habits that will make you strong nature's plan is to produce strong individual expressions of herself and she will be glad to give you her aid in becoming strong the man who wishes to strengthen himself will always find great forces back of him to aid him in the work for is he not carrying out one of nature's pet plans and one which she has been striving for throughout the ages
anything that tends to make you realize and express your mastery tends to strengthen you and places at your disposal nature's aid you may witness this in everyday life nature seems to like strong individuals and delights in pushing them ahead by mastery we mean mastery over your own lower nature as well as over outside nature of course the eye is master forget it not o student and assert it constantly peace be with you mantram or affirmation i am the master of my mental habits i control my character i will to be strong and summon the forces of my nature to my aid end of the eleventh lesson recording by arabella grayson